Hello, this is Cody Sturge with the pastor at Joy Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a radio ministry, podcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. We're thankful that you've tuned in today as we're preaching through God's Word. We're praying God's Word will speak to your heart as it's preached and taught from the pulpit of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. His wife literally makes the right decision. says, listen, husband, I'm not doing that. selfishly and foolishly and without a, uh, an interest in forgiveness and patience and humility. Ahasuerus excommunicates Vashti altogether. Ahasuerus does foolish things like he puts his confidence in Haman, a man who has no character at all. He's motivated by the things of the world. And, and I just want you to know something. God does not call Ahasuerus great. And when we come to Mordecai and we look at a great person, a man that God says, now this is greatness. God's comparing him also to Haman. What was Haman? Haman was motivated by wealth. Haman was motivated by vengeance. The plot of the whole story revolves around Haman because he's so angry at Mordecai that he is willing to lie, cheat, steal, and exterminate an entire race of people in 127 provinces, millions of people, in order to get revenge on one head. And God wants us to know something. It doesn't matter how wealthy Haman was. It doesn't matter how prominent he was in the king's house. It doesn't matter how much authority he had. God does not consider a man like Haman great. As a matter of fact, he is the exact opposite of great. I pray we can teach our children what greatness really is and what greatness really isn't. You see, it's a sad thing when honest people wake up from their pursuit of greatness, realizing they've been pursuing something that the devil, like a piece of cheese on a string, has been dangling in front of us like little mice causing us to chase it. But the end is empty. Greatness. And God is letting us know, how's your is not great in my eyes. Haman is not great in my eyes. Let me tell you a little bit about greatness. Now, Mordecai has his flaws. I'm not presenting him as some savior. But I am telling you what God wants us to know about Mordecai. That Mordecai was a great man. Mordecai was somebody that God wanted to use. Before we get to our text for the night, I want to show you some things that the Bible mentions to us and highlights about Mordecai throughout the book of Esther. If you'll take your Bible and turn back with me to chapter number two, we do not meet Mordecai until chapter number two. And then the Bible introduces us to Mordecai. The Bible says in verse number five, now in Shushan of chapter number two, now in Shushan the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity. The Bible said, now listen, I want to remind you something about Mordecai. He was a slave in this land. He'd been carried away under in captivity, and 
The Bible says he'd been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. Verse number seven. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. And so we meet up with Mordecai, and God wants us to know about Mordecai. Mordecai was a guy that had a rough upbringing, a difficult situation coming along, and Mordecai was also the kind of guy who was willing to take a little orphan girl for his own daughter. As a matter of fact, it'd be fascinating for you to see and I could probably highlight it for you. How many times in this book, as Mordecai's mentioned, that God says he was the guy that took Esther as his own daughter. There's several instances of that. Mordecai. Mordecai's the kind of guy when he's standing at the gate, even an enemy king like Ahasuerus, he's standing at the gate and hears of mischief being done against the king. He has the courage to do the right thing and speak up and speak against the folks who've plotted against his king. Mordecai is the kind of guy that when it, Esther needs to be encouraged to do the right thing, he sends word to her that it's her time, it's her chance to do the right thing and be bold and think not just of herself because who knows that for such a time as this, God has raised you up. I'm just saying, Mordecai is highlighted throughout the scripture as a man who's interested in other people. He's a man of greatness. And we come to our text, chapter number 10, the last verse of this book. There's five things that the Bible says here about Mordecai, and we want to pay attention to them and highlight them here quickly tonight. The greatness of Mordecai. Look at the first one, number one. Verse number three, the Bible says, For Mordecai the Jew was next unto king Ahasuerus. Now, this is an interesting thing to look at. Uh, Mordecai was next to King Ahasuerus. When I look at this and I consider the greatness of Mordecai, I'm reminded of a couple of things with him being next to King Ahasuerus. You've got a man, Mordecai, who has a place of great authority and great opportunity, and we have record to know that God has, uh, Mordecai is the kind of guy who's going to use his opportunity for the glory of God and for other people. He has opportunity. When I see him next to the king, he has opportunity. But also when I see him next to the king, we see a man who has the right idea about authority. Something interesting about Joseph. Joseph is a slave in Egypt. God blessed him. But it wasn't because Joseph spent all of his time. God didn't bless Joseph in the house of, I just forgot his uh, first master's name. Someone help me. Potiphar. In Potiphar's house, we don't have record that Joseph rose to power because Joseph hated Potiphar all the time. Joseph was always behind the scene criticizing the authority. Joseph was always trying to get the upper hand. No, Joseph behaved himself wisely and submitted to the authority that God had put in his life and did a great thing. When Joseph was in prison, what happened to Joseph? How did Joseph rise in power? Because he beat down all the guards. And all the guards knew he could escape anytime he wanted to. And he was such a mean devil that nobody, everybody feared him. And so he rose. No. Joseph behaved himself wisely. And he responded to authority the right way. 
And because he responded to authority in the right way, God blessed him. And then when Joseph becomes second in command in Egypt under Potiphar, Joseph behaves himself wisely and God blesses him. Do you think Joseph was out trying to take the throne from Potiphar? No, he was, had the proper view of authority and he had the right attitude in the situation of life. How many of you are in a situation that's less than optimal? You been there? I'm in a, you're in a situation that's less than optimal. The boss is awful. The conditions are terrible. The circumstances are horrid. But you have to remember something. We, as God's people, we are in the world. We're not of the world. We're not to be uh, sinning against God and his word. But we are to be the kind of people who have the right spirit about the authorities that come up in our lives. And when we respond to those authorities, right, God says, that's great. When we deal with things humbly and godly and patiently and gracefully and, hey, look, God says that's great. God says that's great. Why was it that God was able to use Mordecai in such a way because he had a rotten attitude and he thumbed his nose at authority all the time? No, because he was wise and he set himself up in such a way that he could help the king and help the Jews and help his people and help his seed. The right, authority, right idea about authority. Let me tell you something. If you complain about everybody that's above you all the time, your heart is not in tune with God. We've got to get to the place where we're just going to be okay and trust the Lord in the uncomfortable situations in life and with the authorities that are around and above and are near us. Greatness is this sense of humility that takes advantage of opportunity, but the sense of humility that says, you know what? I'm not the king, but where I am, with God's help, I want to be used for God's glory. You see, he was next to the king. Number two, look what the Bible says here in verse number three again. For Mordecai the Jew was next to the king, Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews. Great among the Jews. Now, the Bible just lets us know what the Jewish community thought of Mordecai. He was great among the Jews. Let me just show you here how God is using Mordecai. Mordecai had a great testimony and reputation among his community. Among his community. May the Lord help us as a church to have a great reputation among our community. That doesn't mean we're compromising truth. That doesn't mean that we're lowering standards below the Bible. No, that means we need to be determined with God's help to have the kind of spirit that in our community, our community knows that that's a bunch of people who loves our community. Knows that they're welcome to be in our church. Knows that we're a place where they can find help. And Mordecai, you know what kind of guy he was? He was the kind of guy that his community knew, hey, listen, Oh, Mordecai, he's got our back. Oh, Mordecai, he, he loves us. Oh, Mordecai, he's great. Let me tell you, if you think somehow that there's any spiritual power in making everybody you come in contact with mad or trying to declare dominance on everybody that comes around you, let me tell you something. You're no better than an old male dog that's running around marking his territory all the time. You're just making messes everywhere you go. 
Mordecai, not like that. He was great among the Jews. In his community, in his community, folks like, man, you can count on him. Now, that's greatness. In God's eyes, that's greatness. The Bible says, thirdly, in verse number three, he was great among the Jews and accepted of the multitude of his brethren. We see the community and the Jews, but then we see the brethren. And we could, there was not a local church at this moment, but we can liken the brethren. These were people who believed like him. These were the people that were the closest to him. This was his, this was his family. This was his faith family. His brethren. The Bible says he was accepted of the multitude of the brethren. Look, he had a place of prominence in the faith community. He had a place of prominence in his church. He esteemed others greater than himself. And God calls that greatness. He was accepted of his brethren. Look at the fourth thing. This is what the scripture says. Seeking the wealth of his people. I don't know about you, but I like the idea of someone in authority who their burden is this. I'm going to seek the wealth of my people. I'm going to seek the wealth of my people. Let me tell you, what makes the greatest father? A father who's interested in seeking the wealth of his children and his wife. What makes the greatest mother? A mother who's interested in seeking the wealth of, his, of her children or husband. What makes a great politician, if there is such a thing? And there are, and there's a need for them. Somebody who is seeking the wealth of his people. What was Mordecai interested in? Was Mordecai interested in showing off the fact that he's wearing the king's ring and having people as he was paraded through town on the king's horse and the king's clothes, bowing at his feet. No, he'd been there and done that. Who cares? That doesn't benefit my people at all. A stroke on the ego of a humble man is not great. Thank you for listening today to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a ministry of faith of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. For more Bible preaching, Visit us at chillhowiebaptistchurch.com or download our app wherever you get your apps. Chill Howie Baptist Church. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day.